new beginning. Welcome, everybody. My name is Sean Ram, and this is the Grief Dreams Podcast. I'm here with our guest, uh, co-host, co-dreamer, if you will. Call him whatever you want. His name is Joshua Black. Josh, say hi to the people. Hello, people. How's it going out there? I'm glad you uh, clicked on this link and you're listening to this uh, podcast. It's your first one. So uh, I'm really excited to see what we're, uh, we're going to do with this. Yeah, definitely. Um, let's get started real quickly. Um, so, Josh, you know, my first question is just about why why a podcast? Why do we decide to go with a podcast? I don't really know. I think you said, uh, let's do a podcast. And I said, hell yeah. <laughs> but but I, I think after we started thinking about, okay, you know, why we do a podcast and what for, I think it's more or less to connect with the people, right? Because this is the main thing a lot of uh, people are getting into now is podcasts, stuff like that. And uh, we have a really influential topic that a lot of people, I think, want to hear more stories about. A lot of my talks and a lot of on the website, what you can do is you can, if you have the website's www.griefdreams.ca. If you haven't looked at it, look at it now or after the podcast. And so the big thing is people will read certain dreams um, where they have comments about these sort of uh, grief dreams. Uh, but through this podcast, I hope that we can actually get more of the, the detail of people's lives, how it impacted them, you know, what they're doing now as in, as they're moving forward with grief, if it was changed, right? So it's almost, you could say, look at the qualitative storyline of uh, the individual's life rather than just, you know, clippets of here's one dream, here's another. So I think it's just another way to promote the, uh, the topic itself. Yeah, definitely. Um, I definitely think that having the podcast gives us a little more reach, a little more um, connection with the audience that we're having. Uh, being able to listen to conversations and also have interviews with other people you know you don't always want to have stuff on a blog and uh, just read it off a laptop you know a lot of people like listening to podcasts I mean I myself as I'm driving or you know um, cooking or cleaning or whatever else I'm doing where I can try to find some more enjoyment in it uh, by listening to a podcast so now we're ready some some more hey, questions hold on, hold on. I want to ask you a question okay you know, so, go ahead. Yeah. So why a podcast? Why do you want to do this podcast? You know, you asked me, right? Because yeah. I'm part of it. But what about you? Like, what's your sort of big thing with this? Have you ever done a podcast before? Um, what's your flair? Is it just, or is it just that you listen to a lot of these people and you're like, oh, I can do that. Good question. Yeah, it, it really started with me listening to podcasts on my own and just learning a lot from them. One of my favorites is actually the Joe Rogan podcast, uh, which is a, kind of a variety of podcasts with different subjects. Um, and yeah, just listening to it really gave me um, a good understanding in terms of uh, where I can get my information and also pure enjoyment. You know, I feel, especially these days, I'd rather be, um, if I'm not reading, I'd rather be uh, listening to something productive. Um, and it gives me that option rather than just sitting and watching television or whatever else people do uh, on their free time or whatever else I do on my free time. And uh, really, I just feel I just feel really passionate about this medium because it's just, like I said, something that is uh, user friendly. It's easy to get a hold of. And also um, just enjoyment level. You know, it just I like I said, I'd rather be uh, listening to podcasts rather than uh, doing other types of things or movies or endeavors. Um, so that's, and I hope I'm, hope I will be doing well at it and I'm sure along the way I'll be getting better and improving. So, oh yeah, no, like most definitely. Right. Like I think as we do this, you know, uh, further, we'll get better at it. We'll figure out topics uh, to talk about. 
I said it's starting off as sort of this grief dream thing. I think everyone that we're going to put on this show will have some story about that. So, so they must have lost someone in their life. They either have dreams or hadn't had any of these dreams. And we'll talk about that, but it's not going to be the full podcast. It's going to be, I think, about their life. As, as you said, like Joe Rogan, he just goes off on tangents on different things. I think that's what we want to do here too. So it's it's the topic, but it's, it's more of a topic. It's about life also at the same time as it is about the dream and death. Yeah, and, and I totally agree with that. And it's something that we can uh, definitely um, bring in different subjects that interest us that revolve around, um, especially your field and um, stuff that we're really looking into and working on. Um, so um, I had a couple questions and I wanted just to give the, the people, the listeners, an idea about what your background is and as well, what are your passions, what are your interests and any type of vision you see for uh, the future, especially with the, the work that you're doing. So could you give us a, uh, um, a little summary of what, uh, maybe start with just uh, what you've been doing in school, uh, maybe what your educational ba uh, background is, and how you kind of stumbled upon uh, this very unique subject of uh, grief dreams and bereavement. Yeah, uh, so on the, on the website, there's a little sort of bio that talks about sort of how I became or came to, uh, to investigate this stuff in, in school. Uh, and in life. Um, so I'll just go back to the beginning. My father passed away when I was my undergrad. At that time, I was doing my, my BA, honors, and uh, really he died very suddenly. And I was I was actually investigating napping and sleep life at the time, uh, which that was my passion. Until after our, my father passed away, it sort of crushed a lot of the, the goals and uh, it changed the direction of my life. Um, but at that time, I didn't know what I was doing, but I after he passed away, um, I never got a chance to say goodbye to him, really good to say goodbye to him, because we were supposed to actually go to a hockey game, and he never called, right, and so that was a big thing, and I think that stuck with me, so he never called, I was waiting, I was waiting, nothing happened, I thought, oh, maybe he just forgot, and then I found out they, they had to break down the door, and two days later, uh, got the call that he was he was dead. You said that you changed your goals, or, or maybe you had a a shift in what you were studying after your father died. Yeah. What were your direct? What was your direction before that, or what, what were your goals before that? So the goal was actually be elementary school teacher. So um, as much as I was doing the stuff in the sleep lab on napping, my goal at the end of it all was to go to teachers college and and be that teacher. Um, but I think as I learned more about myself and you know after looking back now, that was my dad's goal for me was to be a teacher because he had good pensions and he was all about sort of the money, right? Savings and all that sort of stuff. And so for me, once he passed away, that pressure to do that, go that road or that path wasn't there anymore. So now it was like, what do I want to do? And so I had a gap there for about, I think it was about two years where I was trying to figure out what do I want to do? Not does what, what would my father want me to do? And so that's what changed everything. So, um, moving on with the story I had, you know, I said, uh, because he passed away the way he did. Uh, I never got a chance to say goodbye. And so it was about three months later that I actually had my first dream of, uh, of him. And it was just, he was in the room, the, the bedroom, and I saw him, I was on the bed, and he was actually like looking through some stuff in my room. And it was so weird, because um, I'm like, I, I knew he was dead, but I went over there anyways. And I, I looked at him, he turned around and looked at me, and I said, you know, like, I'm, I never got a chance to say goodbye. I love you. I'm going to miss you, you know, very much. And he just, you know, uh, basically embraced me. And, and I woke up. So it was very short.
but the dream was so different than any dream I ever had. It was more vivid, but the, the biggest, I think, characteristic beyond that, it was the imagery was like it was in real life. Like, there wasn't any elephants flying in the room. I wasn't, you know, on go-karts, you know, going through the streets. Um, we were just in the room I was sleeping in. And all the, the, the scenery was the exact same scenery that was actually in my room. So it was very, uh, very interesting. Um, woke up. I didn't actually tell anyone about the dream. I woke up. I, I felt the impact of it. Uh, it comforted me in the sense of, I think, I'm unlocking that block, being able to say, say goodbye. Um, and then I just moved forward. And I didn't, instead of finish, I was still in school at the time, so I just finished up my school uh, and was moving. And so I noticed, you know, after that, I was having dreams every about three months. And so the next dream after that was uh, me and him were driving in his old, I think, Safari GM van or whatever. <laughs> and we went over to my grandma's house, and, like, they were very close. And so we drove to her house. We both got out of the car. He looked at the house, and he said, she's doing pretty good without me, saying that, like, he was almost watching watching what she was doing and noticed that she wasn't, you know, like having a huge depression, anything yeah. like that, but she was actually okay, yeah. you know, with her with the loss, um, even though she was very sad, but she was functioning well uh, in, in waking life. And I said, I just looked at him and nodded and said, yeah, and I woke up. So they're just very short dreams. And then like the last one uh, in that series was um, I was in this waiting room and everything was white and this like person walked by and he said, he'll be with you in a moment. Um, and then I knew he was referring to my father. And I got so excited, I actually woke up out of the dream. And then I couldn't get back to bed. So uh, those are like the big dreams that really influenced me along the way. And then, you know, like as I was like saying, I didn't know what I wanted to do in life. But I always have a desire to help people and to be with them. Uh, and so this was one of those ways since I sort of suffered the loss. Maybe I could help people with their own. So I volunteered uh, with the bereaved uh, to provide the one-on-one uh, I guess counseling and people were kept responding, kept asking about these questions, about dreams. Like I didn't tell them about mine. I didn't really tell anyone really about mine. I just kept it in for whatever reason. I'm not really sure why. Um, but people kept asking these questions and a lot of the questions I couldn't answer because they didn't go with mine. People were asking, you know, why, how come I not having these dreams? How can I, how can I, how can I get more dreams? Uh, you know, how can I change these negative dreams into more positive ones? I had no idea. Um, so really I looked at the literature there was really nothing there, which is very surprising because people have been dying since the beginning of time, right? And, and you'd think they've been dreaming since then also. So those two things you'd think were basically present throughout life, but yet no one has really um, looked at this topic. And so I took an initiative to say, okay, if no one's going to do it, uh, I'm going to put the responsibility on my shoulders and I'm going to do it. And the way the world works, right? Like where I was living at that time at Trent University, there was a, um, uh, a woman there, uh, Teresa Chico, and uh, she allowed me to do my MA and to explore uh, the main themes, the common themes of uh, people's dreams of the disease and how that made them feel. And, you know, I'll talk about the literature here or later. I don't know. You can ask me questions yeah. on that if you want. No, that's great. Uh, so so you, went, you did your bachelor's at Brock University in yeah. psychology? Yep. And then you did your master's at Trent. Yeah. And then you came back to Brock University yeah. and you're currently almost finishing up. Yeah. So after that, after I graduated, I uh, said like not a lot of people do this work. Um, and so I was really grateful that there was someone in the PhD program at Brock that was willing to take me on um, there in the, and, to, and that saw my vision on what this could be and how, why it was uh, very influential to 
look at this topic. And yeah, here I am, second year going in. And yeah, there's a lot of good stuff that that's that's coming. A sense of talks, product, like to this podcast. None of this stuff would have been even conceivable um, if I didn't get into my PhD. Definitely. The um, I think the newness almost of the field, and I'm talking specifically the scientific aspect of looking at dreams and grief dreams specifically, um, is is really passionate. It's refreshing. It's exciting. And um, for me, especially just looking at something that is was considered and definitely is still considered a pseudoscience and being able to apply the scientific principles to it um, so that people would be able to understand it and, and have legitimacy ultimately it's a really important work really incredible work um, could you speak uh, upon a little bit of how new the field is um, and also how your work is, what, what, what's entailed in your work and also uh, its implications. Yeah, so the, the, like, the field is definitely new. Um, as I said, like, I'm not really sure why it's new. I have my theories um, uh, into, into that. But for right now, it's just like there's really a lot of the research that has been done in this area has looked at common themes. And, you know, that, that's great. Um, but at the end of the day, there's not a lot of... Um, I guess doesn't do much after the fact, and when they don't test certain um, how to put this the reliability, people are using different themes, and so people are just like talking about different themes over and over again. Some of them are related, some of them are not. So no one really had that concise sort of way of explaining these dreams to those who work with the bereaved. So the thing with a lot of these studies that have come out, well, they do the studies and they let it sit there, right? And so no one's actually promoting the work they're doing when it comes to dreams of the deceased or grief dreams in general. And so this is sort of my whole vision and stuff is to educate the public, right? Educate people to reduce the bias that they have. You'd be surprised, like the stuff I hear, the comments and the, and we'll maybe talk about that later, but just the, the judgments people have, the negative judgments people have on these dreams, which limit the, the safe space people have to share. And so I think like everyone else, they're holding this stuff in like I did unknowingly because you're just afraid of people to try to change their meaning of the dreams their fear of ridicule or judgment um and that's the sad thing that we have to deal with this culture the, the, the ignorance of the topic and so as much as some of this literature it has been done in like the 1990s area area there was a couple of studies that did that no one promoted it and so i'm the first one really i think taking a, a sort of a stance on the stuff saying hey like this is a great topic and i'm here to promote the topics to people to realize that this stuff does exist. It doesn't mean they're not over their grief, right? Um, whatever that means in itself, but people judge it so negatively. I'm saying, hey, no, like it's actually be a positive thing. If we can just realize um, that, then uh, moving forward, it'd be an easier way for those people to grieve properly, I think, in our culture. And I think that's, you know, in our culture, that's the thing we don't want. You know, like we avoid grief so much that we just, you know, when people have lost someone or whatnot, we, you know, we're there at the funeral. But then anything after that, we uh, we judge very negatively. We don't allow people to sit with that suffering. We tell them basically to suppress it in their own way. So it's really saying like, hey, like this is a topic. We should talk about it and we should feel. like. And that's why like uh, one of the presentations I do for the bereaved, it's, it's a lot about understanding and knowledge transfer. But the other aspect is to feel, you know, because we shut that emotion off so much after the loss. A lot of people say, Oh, it's been a year. I shouldn't be feeling this way. No, it's been a year. And yes, you should be feeling this way. It's, you know, like, because you lost someone you love, right? So at the end of the day, it's just about like, 
um, getting people to that place that, you know, it's okay to share, it's okay to feel um, as you move forward in life. And that's what hopefully this podcast can do. You know, the way I look at it and the way I see it is that maybe the scientific community, because of its, because dreams are subjective and because they, they can be interpreted in different ways sometimes, that maybe it's uh, something that maybe researchers or, or scientists just don't want to touch until they can get um, the technology to kind of come up where they can analyze dreams a little better. Um, that just seems like something um, maybe why um, the subject isn't quite as popular, if you will, with scientists or researchers. Uh, and this is just you know an outsider opinion um, that I have. Uh, another thing that I wanted to touch upon is is individuals as people. You know, you know, if I if if I'm uh, you know Joe Schmo over here and I have a dream, and uh, it's it's about a deceased uh, about a deceased loved one, and you know it might be very difficult to kind of look back at it and try to interpret whatever came out of that dream, um, unless you you know what kind of resources do you have other than people around you, friends or family, um, you know you can go online and and take a look at dream meetings. Um, but uh, then it, that again is, is difficult sometimes to understand or even comprehend, because um, also you look at different uh, cultures and their interpretations of dreams as well. Oh yeah, uh, most definitely. And like there are those like dream dictionaries that you sort of see in the bookstores and stuff, and they're like they're very I would say they're garbage, right? Um, the main reason is that everyone has different symbols, and especially about like life. So if you're let's say not you know, you love dogs, I hate dogs, but those meanings of a dog in your dream can be different. But in those dictionaries, whatever, they have dog equals this, which is uh, very meaningless to anyone. Because there's also, there's just like, a, you know, it could be like 10 different objects in your dream, but not every object's going to line up to be the same thing. And so you need, I think, a certain way to look at dreams as a, as a flow, because they all should have the same message, right? It's usually what I look at when people share their dreams. I don't know, it's not about interpreting it, but getting people to realize what it could symbolize in their waking life. And so even if, like, especially with grief dreams, you tell the pain that's in there, right? Um, but it can actually help you maybe solve some solutions that you're not previous to uh, in waking life. And so, but the dreams of the sea, so I think are the most common that people have, that people want, and that's what people probably were most share, those dreams. And even those dreams, there's so much detail that are very rich to help people on what they're thinking in waking day life and where to move forward and how it can help them move forward in their grief process. You spoke to me one time about, and you said something very interesting that um, dreams, you know, they're not that confusing. I don't know if I'm saying it right, but you said to me, um, the meanings aren't really, uh, they're not vague mm. often. Yeah. Often they can be very to the point, very straightforward. Whoever's visiting us gives us very clear messages. Mm -hmm. Can you touch upon that please? Yes, yeah, so when it comes to actually the deceased, those dreams are, you know, when I look at them, I, they're very, usually pretty easy to understand. Um, but there's other dreams that are out there that, you know, I wouldn't even know what it would be. And there's like some, you know, dream researchers that are out there that say every dream is like a letter that you need to open. And I don't really buy that because, you know, there's just, I don't know, I just don't buy that. I think there's some dreams that you don't really need to give that much attention to. It could just be, you know, for whatever. But there's some dreams that are different. And those are the dreams that um, have a special meaning that you should maybe, you know, unlock, explore a little bit more um, in your in your life. So, uh, yeah, I think I forget what your question was after that. But um, 
when it comes to it's not all dreams i think have that meaning so a lot of people will go overboard when they have dreams they write down all their dreams they try to explore every dream and i don't think that's needed because you just need to really look at those prevalent dreams those dreams that have you know that stick with you a little bit longer than usual they probably have something good for you and then you work on whatever that is as you move forward right because if you start working on everything that comes out in your in your dreams well you won't have any time for, for, for play you know so you just want to like hit some of the the issues as you move forward in life but not get carried away with it yeah. and also you know people obviously have different dreams different level of being able to recall dreams mm-hmm. um one thing on your facebook group brief dreams facebook group uh there's uh, an individual who has very vivid dreams i was very mm-hmm. amazed at how detailed this person's dreams were i've never actually experienced uh that level of detail but um i just find that very incredible and then there's obviously you know people like me maybe who have you know just general general gist of it and obviously if i you know write it down right after i wake up then i can recall a lot more um but yeah um yeah what i was saying just before was you were saying that when when let's say um you know i had a relative that passed away and that relative came to me that uh, you know there's i don't have to look too deep into meanings like you know if my blanket is you know crooked in the dream and i happen to recall that or you know if they come up to me and they give me a message uh you know usually it's it's pretty clear in that sense yeah yeah so when it comes to sort of the deceased right like so really it's like what's going on what are they saying you know how do they look like, those are the two big things right if they're looking healthy well, there's a there's something there right and also what are they saying is it very comforting to you right is the message trying to be comforting to you or not and like wherever that is you go in a different directions right so um most of the dreams will say comfort dreams they come they say i love you uh they'll say um i'm okay and i'm always watching out for you that's sort of a, a common message and so when people wake up with that what they what they feel is a sense of comfort that it was a visitation right um usually they have that um but not all the time some people see it as something different but when they wake up they can look back at that and say oh wow um they they're still there with me you know and at the end of the day some people say oh it doesn't you know like go into sort of afterlife and stuff i'm like it's not really it doesn't matter right if you believe in the afterlife or not it doesn't matter just i think knowing that the individual is um or that concept of your mind either is producing this dream for you to help you through your grief or it's a legitimate visitation that is helping you through your grief so either way this is supposed to help you on your grief journey and so you take it for what it is and it's just a, a message of comfort right um and either you need to hear that or you know they're actually there and you take that and that's why I always say like the dreamer always has to provide the meaning because a lot of people as they become judgment they say no that's not true it's not a visitation or it is a visitation and those two things in itself the person doesn't believe in the afterlife or they do it can really screw up their own meaning and you don't really want to do that you just want to work with their meaning and so it's like even though dreams aren't i don't see it as complex as some other people do um it's just about teaching it right and the more so the more examples sort of we'll talk about it in this uh podcast throughout the the weeks and the years and the months um people i think have a better understanding on how it can relate to the waking day life you know like so there's this i always go on my uh in my talks these negative dreams that people can have and there's this one where the uh, individuals um the deceased uh spouse is basically threatening to harm this person one all the money that she inherited back um and saying that she wants to be back with her and what not and then in waking day life this individual commented that she was actually um was having difficulty with having the money 
And so by looking at the dream in itself, saying, okay, this guy wants the money back, right? Either he was a mean person, that's who he was in waking day life, or if that's not true, then this has represented some kind of guilt that the individual has. And so when you, when you talk to this woman, what happens is it's not. The guy was a very lovely man. So that wasn't the case. So it wasn't just reflecting waking day life. So, okay, then why is he negative? And so you go back to the guilt. And so she was feeling this almost sense of unjustness of receiving this inheritance when he worked so hard. So he never actually got to use it. And so she was feeling bad that she actually got this money. And it was sort of, it's a, it, there's like this theory called just world theory. And when things don't add up to what they should in people's minds, they get discomforted, right? So the, the model doesn't work. And that's what she's happening there. And that's something that she will need to focus on as she moves forward. And those, hopefully those dreams would fade away and be more positive ones. But it's really helping her at the core of the issue that's blocking her from, I think, reaching joyful, being joy and, and feeling happiness in waking life in her, in her grief dreams. So that's just one sort of example of how sort of a negative dream can really point you to the direction of where you should be focusing either with counseling or just in your own mind as you move forward uh, with the loss. Yeah, for sure. And that was a, a good example of that. It just made me think about the, um, the way dreams are and how, you know, certain aspects dreams aren't aren't perfect they're not compartmentalized they're not on their own um you know so some aspects of your life uh might leak into whatever dream that you have for instance if you're having a dream about a deceased person um and then maybe that day you were in traffic so you're in your car and you hear traffic noises maybe you just fed your dog so you hear that noise they might have nothing to do with the actual main dream but they're just entering that dream because maybe you've had that day maybe you've have these type of interactions going on in your brain. And um, it just made me think of the permeability of the dreams and how things can enter in and leave. Yeah. And and maybe, I know me, for myself, take meaning from something that might not have even had an important role in, in that dream. And I think, you know, someone with your expertise can help people focus in um, what the true meaning of the dream might be and help those individuals progress forward in whatever they need to progress in. Yeah, well, definitely. That's why I hope like the show can uh, produce as we go forward is for people to share those dreams and to get new insights. And at the end of the day, right? Like it's not me saying like, oh, this is dream means this. It's just working with the dream. Does this make sense? If it doesn't, then you move on to something else because there's so many different ways you can look at a dream, right? Like it can, a lot of people save their dreams and they look back on it years later to see if it gives them a different meaning. And so that's really all it is. It's like, um, there's not one right answer, but it's like whatever feels right in the time, right? And so hopefully as we sort of move forward uh, with that, we'll, we'll be able to, and people will be able to understand more of what it comes, like when we look at these dreams, what they could represent in waking day life, um, and to be able to search their own dreams uh, when that stuff happens, right? Um, but at the end of the day, uh, we're just here to talk about it and, and get people to express the topic. Yeah, yeah I, I, I mean, and the excitement comes from that because again, there's, you know, I, I've had conversations with people around me and, you know, everybody has some sort of story. Everybody has someone in their life that's passed and, you know, maybe they've dreamt about them or haven't got over some things. Um, it's amazing. You know, it's I mean, and I know you've spoken to me about all the different interactions you've had. I mean, you're very good at talking to people. You know, I mean, audience Josh Black just told me that he was at the grocery store and he had a conversation with one of the cashiers and she expressed to him about her dreams, uh, her grief dreams, and uh, that's an amazing thing. And it just shows it's something that's needed, in my opinion, in, in today's society, just having conversations about it. Death's not 
comfortable. It's it's an uncomfortable experience, and we don't face it um, every day. And and I think that lets us to kind of forget about uh, all the emotions and feelings and thoughts that come with death. So having these type of conversations and having something uh, to talk about in terms of grief, uh, helping people get over their dreams and understand their dreams. I think it's an important process to have and helps us really understand death and wrap our head around. Oh, most definitely, right? And so, yeah, I always, it's, it's interesting when you talk about how much time we have left. How long are we doing this thing for? Uh, as long as you want, maybe 20 <laughs> minutes, 15 minutes. Yeah, how long has it been? Half I don't hour. know. I'm getting excited. I don't know what else, <laughs> you know, I got so much stuff to say, but I said, like, at the end of the day, it's, it's about time, about, you know, like, uh, saving some of the conversations for yeah. when we talk about new people. I'll give you one thing, which is, like you said, like, I'll, when I when I see someone, um, you know, for whatever reason, uh, the topic of loss comes up, tends to happen a lot uh, around me. Um, for whatever reason, I think it provides a good space for people to share. Um, but anyways, yeah, so they'll share their story of, of dreams. And I remember, so the, the one girl, at the, uh, the the woman at the, the cashier, um, she had the tattoos on. So I just asked her, you know, what, um, you know, what those were, right? That you like roses. She had roses on her, on her, um, her arm. And yeah, she mentioned that they were memorial tattoos. And then when that's how we got onto that, right? Like I didn't, I didn't say, oh, they were, and then walk away. I, I said, oh, like, I'm sorry to hear that, you know, like, actually give them the time and space to acknowledge their loss, and then people just open up. And so I'll just give you this, this example. It's, it's pretty funny, or just pretty amazing to see, like, what people, just the question um, of moving forward and not running from the topic can do. I was at a, uh, a store buying some product with my mom, and uh, we, were, we were just at the store, and the owner came over, and we are talking to the person, and for whatever reason, a guy, um, it was a, it was a man, that he just mentioned about it was like his one-year anniversary or something about the loss of his father. And so I just asked, very like nonchalantly, I'm sorry to hear that, um, just by out of curiosity, have you ever experienced any dreams about him? And then I got to say, like, the response was nothing I expected. He just looked at me and tears are streaming down his face, you know? And he ran an open public store, and he was just... He was crying, you know, and so I gave him like moments to like feel that, and it's funny because he apologized for crying. I'm like, no, 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 like, you don't need to apologize, right? This is how it should be, you know, like people should be able to to grieve openly and, and mourn mm-hmm. about the loss. But anyways, he took a couple minutes, um, and then he composed himself. He's like, and he's like, would you like to hear them? I said, yes, I would. And so we shared and we talked. I must have been there for like an hour, half, two hours. Wow. We just talked about his loss and like what those dreams meant and everything. My mom's standing right beside me, like not knowing what to do. Um, but it's just funny, right? Because she was the first time, I think, for her to sit with that and sit with the topic and not be able to run, just listen, right? And so, yeah, it was it was very, like at the end of it, he actually uh, gave me a crazy deal, which isn't why I did it, right? But it's just what I saw from, from that, him providing me the deal was... He was grat- He was very grateful for the experience, and he wanted to do everything he could to basically say thank you. Because it meant so much to him. Yeah, cause, yeah, because it meant so much to him. And so, like at the end of the day, I think he gave me that cost. Is the way it was. Um, I looked at it, and you know that was beautiful to me, not because it saved money, but because he got an experience that he was deprived of in our culture, and that's just be openly to talk about this stuff. And yeah, so at the end of the day, that was just like one of those things. And I get that stuff all the time just by asking the question, you know, like, if they have lost someone, have you ever dreamt? And it's just interesting to see what kind of responses you get and how people are just longing for people to ask that question. We're going to finish up here. We don't want to jump into too much conversation right now. I know it's really exciting. We could probably go on all day. 
Oh, it's crazy! I, I, I don't know what to like. I got so much stuff to say, and got so many people that we want on this podcast too. So it's yeah, I'm definitely excited. It's an amazing experience. Thank you for listening so much, and like I'm really looking forward to how what Sean does with this thing as we move forward. Yeah, definitely. What we do with this thing, we got an excellent group. Big shout out to the Facebook group. You know those guys. Uh, keep listening. Keep posting your stuff. Keep sharing. Really appreciate your yeah. thoughts, and uh, just hope we're helping. Uh, again, you know the the. The focus here is about the fact that we have a passion about it. The fact that uh, we see the gap in uh, in our culture and our society where this topic isn't necessarily covered as much as we want it to be, and it's not, and it's definitely um, uh, not talked about as much as uh, I think people and all of us uh, want to talk about or should be talking about it. So yeah. So uh, once again, if you didn't hear the where we're listening to this podcast from, check out the website www.griefdreams.ca. And if you have any questions or comments, you feel free to email me. I'm Joshua Black. My contact information's on there, and we'll get Sean's contact information on there too. You can email him. If you have questions about the podcast or for the people that are on the podcast, feel free to send them in. Also, if you want to be on the podcast, send in your stuff. Like, say, like, I want to be on the podcast. Here's a little bio of my experience, and we'll have you on because we want to get you and everyone that wants to share on this podcast out there. All right. It's over. (laughs) Until next time.